0: Welcome, everybody, to uh, Blue Jays Happy Hour 2.0, Episode 8, I believe. Uh, The Blue Jays has had another uh, disappointing loss, Uh, obviously. uh, Though they won a series, uh, there's still some problems that I'm sure everybody's going to want to talk about a little bit. Uh, And to help us do that with Nick on the COVID IL, today we have Ben Nicholson-Smith of Sportsnet. Ben, thanks so much for joining us
1: yeah it's my pleasure, Stoughton. it's always good to talk <laughs> some some baseball. I wish that um you know circumstances were better, and Nick could join us, but uh happy to step in in his place today
0: yeah uh well you just wrote to think about the bullpen, which is uh you know we saw some issues there uh last night, and uh uh is that maybe a good place to start uh, uh tell us a little bit about what you see in the uh in the bullpen
1: yeah, for sure i mean I think it is a good place to start and like you know, there's, there's obviously the offense, too, and I'm sure we'll get to that because they're just not really hitting up to their potential. That's pretty clear. But, you know, there's not necessarily a ton you're going to do with the offense, at least from, like, a player personnel standpoint. Like, you're going to let Lourdes figure it out. You're going to let Flatty figure it out. Um, Matt Chapman, of course, Tapia, all these guys are going to get the chance to, to sort that out. But to me, the bullpen's almost, you know, it's one of those areas where, it's just not looking good enough to me. And I think that there are going to have to be changes and there's going to have to be help from the outside. So, you know, that's kind of the big picture. We can obviously get super granular. I'm sure the Jays are doing that probably as we speak and trying to figure out what's going on with pitch selection and how they can get these guys to a different level. But, you know, right now they're just not striking enough hitters out.
0: Yeah, it's been really, really surprising. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Adam Simber, obviously that's not his game. But uh, but to see what's happening with Jimmy Garcia has been really uh, really interesting, I think, in particular.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you <laughs> look at the like the the numbers are are pretty telling, right? Like you have the um the what is it twenty five point eight percent last year? I was just looking this up. I should know right. it, but yeah. <laughs> it was it was like twenty six percent last year. And now it's thirteen percent strikeout rates. Like that's a pretty big drop off.
0: It really is, and it you know it doesn't seem like the stuff is all that different. I, I don't I don't quite understand it myself, and I'm sure the Jays are sort of racking their brains about that as well.
1: Yeah, I, I, exactly. So you know, you pair Jimmy Garcia. Okay, so his his strikeout rate is down. Then Phelps, his strikeout rate is down. Um, even Jordan Romano, and and Ooh. you know, it sounds like the Jays think that he'll be back before too too long, but his strikeout rate is down too. So you know. Not everyone's going to have a bullpen like the Yankees, and I understand that. And I I try to resist like comparing them to the Loisigas and the Holmes and the King, and like that bullpen is just so so good. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you kind of need someone who can get you out of a first and third jam, right? Like that could happen <laughs> tomorrow night with Ryu. Like you got to you got to get out of those sometimes.
0: Yeah, it is. It has been tough. Like, one guy that I uh, that I you know don't have in the majors right now is uh, is Julia Merriweather, who I have noticed and written about a couple times how. Uh, in particular, he's been terrible with runners on. I mean, the the numbers overall are, are awful. But it's uh, that's been a, th- a weird thing that's uh, that struck me is how uh, with the bases empty, he's actually been pretty decent. And I don't know what the difference is there. Uh, but there's somebody who could you know miss some bats who could theoretically help you if you can ever get it together.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's where like you know for him and Pearson both to be underperforming, or you know, in Pearson's case, mostly absent, mostly on the injured list, dealing with mono, like that's that's such a That's, that's such an impactful couple of losses to the bullpen to this point in the season because going into the year, you thought those could be guys who do have a fair amount of swing and miss to go along with you know Mays obviously do on the sidelines right now, so you just don't have much and and Adam Simbers probably I would think the you know especially right now. He's probably the one guy you trust the most in the bullpen but he's really not a swinging miss guy. <laughs> so it's like it's not the easiest uh it's not the easiest late game setup for for Charlie Montoyo to navigate here.
0: No, I I I, I don't think that it is, uh, especially yeah with Mesa and uh, like we saw this week, hopefully Romano comes back quickly because it's uh uh <laughs> you're you're into the Ross striplings uh pretty quickly uh, it turns out when the bullpen is in the situation that it is right now or the Andrew Vasquez is of the world though Ryan Baraki uh, to his credit has uh has been encouraging I think uh the last few a few times out
1: yeah I, I mean I think that this stuff is lively with Baraki um you know he's he's already battled a couple of kind of injury things so far this year so you know, I think it's probably going to take them a bit to fully get into the flow of the season, but yeah, to me, they need to. And you know, I, this is part of what I wrote about today. But you know, you look at it in contrast to the the minor league game they had on Sunday, where they had 24 strikeouts, which is just outrageous. I mean, <laughs> really, honestly, impressive that they were able to do that. Um And so, the pitching development in the minor minor leagues kind of seems to be going well. I mean, that's that's definitely a good sign. But then you need it at the major league level. And so how do they do that? I mean, the obvious answer is to do some trades. Um, I I don't know that that's the easiest thing to do on May the 19th. Um, I I don't think that it's going to happen anytime soon, but they have to be in the market for relievers at the deadline. I mean, it's it's just it's pretty apparent that they will be. Um, so that's going to be one thing. Maybe adding a bat. I mean, we've talked about a lefty bat for how long now. So I think that's well, a you know, the way Juan they go. Soto's
0: name is out there. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the one. What do you make of the Juan Soto stuff, Stone?
0: I mean, it's you know I, I saw somebody somebody was complaining about like uh,
1: oh there was no real
0: meat on that rumor. It's like well yeah it's not a rumor. It's just like oh. That could make sense that scenario but also it's you know I was I was looking through before we went on the air to like try to figure out like a comparable trade where a guy is that good with that much control left and it just it just doesn't happen those kind of deals.
1: Oh yeah. I mean it would be incredible. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> it would be amazing. You know, it's but it's even and and you know you, you've seen obviously we've seen franchise players get traded before but you know even with Mookie Bats getting traded like he was I want to say late 20s at the time of that trade I'd guess 27 um, without looking it up so Juan Soto was 23 like you know we're talking about you know Nate Pearson he's two years older than Juan Soto you know so you know if you're if you're even trying to conceive of like what a package would look like for any team to to get Juan Soto I mean it's just because if if the Nationals want to be good at any point in the next ten years, Juan Soto is going to be in his prime for for that period of time. So like, why wouldn't they try to? Ex- I I just I, it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> to me.
0: It, it doesn't. I mean, I, yeah, would love to see it. I mean, and like you say, there's some really interesting pitching prospects coming up. Maybe the Jays could put together a package, but it's it's a bit it's a little bit fanciful. Uh, yes.
1: Absolutely, the the, uh, the, fan- the fantasy, the dream of you know, like a Ricky Tiedemann and Bradley Zimmer for Juan Soto. I don't know if that's going to happen.
0: <laughs> Perhaps not. Uh, yeah, I mean, you even go back to like a Josh Donaldson trade, and that's you know, that's one where Jays fans feel real good about it. But he had two years left, not three, and was was already you know twenty nine or whatever it is, and and. just didn't even really have the track record that Soto does like it's it's just it's such a a unicorn of a player like he's incredible and it sucks to see him you know stuck in Washington while they're rebuilding here and trading everything around him and and, uh and doing whatever it is they're doing but yeah if you can't if you can't extend that guy and make him part of like what you're doing for the next 10 years like why are you even in the business
1: yeah and I mean you know we're talking about like even even Cleveland right like they even extended <laughs> Jose Ramirez. And that's like the small market of small market teams. You know, like if, if one Soto was an A, then I would really entertain it. I would think, you know what, they're going to, actually, he probably would have been traded two years ago if he was, wow. but yeah. um, <laughs> like if, if he was in Pittsburgh or Oakland, then I would really think that maybe they can do this, but the, the Lerner family in, in, in Washington, they spent big on, you know, Strasburg and, and Rendon and, um, yeah, you know, well, I know, I know they let Rendon go, but they, they, Jason Worth, they spent on um, like they, they have not shied away from free agents. Um, Patrick Corbin, they signed. So I, I don't think that yeah. they would have trouble shelling it.
0: No, uh, which is why it's a, it's a bit of a bizarre thing, but uh, you know, there's always the specter of, of Scott Boris, uh, uh, taking his clients to free agency, which is what you know seems to be his mo a lot of the time. Not necessarily. I mean, Strasburg is an example right there, which is which should tell you that the learners and the, the Nationals can work with Morris. But yes, uh, but but uh, but here we are. It's it's fun to have the content, uh, I guess. Uh, here oh, really? we are. <laughs> here we are doing a segment on uh, on the Wan Soto thing because we're avoiding, I think, uh, talking about the Blue Jays' offense, probably. Um, I'm in the middle of something on Vlad, which is uh, which is not looking great. You know, it's the weirdest 15-game hitting streak I think I've ever seen. Uh, you know, I think he has 16 hits in total over the 15 yeah. games. And I don't think he's had a an extra base hit since the fourth game of the streak. Uh, the launch angle is, like, in the negative at the moment for the month of May. It was where you wanted it to be in April, and it just seems like he's doing that thing uh, from 2020 again, which is uh, not what you want.
1: Yeah, you know, it does seem like He's he's hitting the ball into the ground more. Um, I I don't know what to make of Vlad. Like it's I, I my instinct is to say that because he has, you know, reached the heights that he's reached, and you know, as recently as as a few weeks ago, certainly seemed to be having his his normal season. Even now, as we're talking, I mean, his OPS plus is one forty seven, so definitely still a great major league hitter. Um, but of course, the standard is so high for him after last year that we're expecting more. And and I think. I think it is fair to say I don't think that's an unfair expectation like I I think that internally I think that Vladdy would would view it the same way and would want to be doing more than than just you know hitting a single a day and and mixing in some walks so I I don't know if you found anything in your in your research here but I don't like I, I almost just kind of zoom out and I think okay he's he's going to get this on track but I don't know exactly how.
0: Yeah, uh, the thing I came back to is uh, uh, is, is literally 2020 stuff where, where uh, you know, there was that big Zoom scrum with Dante Bichette talking about, uh, you know, when, when it was sort of the depths of the hitting the ball on the carpet stuff for Vlad. Uh, just talking about you know staying back, getting you know uh, not not jumping out early, not flying open, and keeping the bat on path. Because if it you know if he swings up, he'll get under it and hit hit it down, and maybe that's what's happening in a lot. I mean, I think he has as many RBIs as he has grounded you know, grounded to double plays over this stream, wow. which is which is ridiculous. Uh, you know, maybe not the, the stats I first turned to, but I but I did notice that. <laughs> it was yeah. like okay, that's a bit that's a bit stunning. And uh, yeah, I don't know I don't know what to make of it. I would you know I would have to go through like film and also pretend that I really know anything about swing mechanics, which I don't. So that would, that would become a challenge. So I'm just sort of, uh, you know, poking around and trying to figure out what, what seems, what seems off other than the results. And, uh, and and it's, I mean, the ground ball rate is definitely screaming. That's a problem. And I think if you go back through his whole career and, you know, you look at week by week or month by month, the ones where the ground ball rate is higher are the ones where he's, uh,
1: he's not having as much success. And I guess if there's if there is kind of a a silver lining here, it's there's a difference between this and 2020, because in 2020, he hadn't yet found out how to adjust to make the adjustment so that he's hitting it in the air. And so now he's learned how to make that adjustment. He's done it for most of a full season last year where he was second in MVP voting. And then so now he's, he's kind of fallen back into a bit of a rut where he's not hitting it in the air as much. But we know this time he's capable of doing that in season he's capable of doing that against major league pitching so that skill set to make that adjustment is is there along with the skill set to to hit the ball in the air and to hit it really far which you know clearly he can do as well as anyone and you know whenever i'm down there for for batting practice it's you know it's not like it's not like he's hitting you know uh 250 foot fly balls that are landing <laughs> on the on the warning track like he's yeah. hitting them into the second deck yeah. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. No, it is. It is confounding, and yet he—he's not. He's—he's he's not the person that really we should be holding up as the problem here either. I mean, the, the problems run up and down the lineup. I would say.
1: Oh yeah, I think I think for sure, and you know, we've seen already kind of some some hot and cold from from Bo, from Vlad, um, from Kirk, even who who started really slow and has kind of sneakily um, really come around, which is which is great, but. Some guys just haven't really gotten there all year. And I'm just thinking about Tapia. I'm thinking about Chapman with the exception of a few home runs. Like Lourdes has run cold pretty much all year. So, you know, and even Teoscar, right? Like as much as, and I understand, obviously, the oblique is the, even, okay, so you have the injury itself. Then you have the challenge that he's facing now, which is trying to get back on time with pitches and trying to get back on with, with just the, the, the speed after a shortened spring and all, missing all that time, um, you know, that's that's not an easy thing to do. So, they've got to make that adjustment. It's it's imperative for them because this still is a team that's built around hitting, um, and they're they're not hitting nearly enough right now. No,
0: it, it's true. And before I spiel on, as uh, as I will do, I just so uh, don't be shy, anybody. Uh, I see there's people out there. Please line up in the queue. We'll take your questions, or your calls. Drop us a message in the chat. Uh, all those host things that uh, Nick usually does. Here's me doing them. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, Chapman is an interesting one because I saw Brendan Kuhn who uh, uh, who uh, we'll do stuff with blue jays nation broke the springer signing uh most people will probably know brendan from uh from jay's twitter uh posted his uh chapman's like Statcast cast rankings and other than the swing and miss like it's it's there's a lot of red on that i think is what he said and it's true he really he has been making some contact and i think that's why they had him you know batting lead off which i think surprised everybody there last week when they needed a bit of a, sh- a shake up which was interesting i i you know the lineup seems to have sort of Drifted back to where it was before, which uh, I'm not sure about you. What do you What do you think about that? Because, uh, you know, I I, I kind of like the idea of the shake up, even though you know that there there's only so many livers that the that Charlie can pull, but that is definitely one of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like I like Vladdy hitting second. I thought that was yeah. <laughs> that was good. Um, you know, I think that as long as he's there, like I, there was one game, I think it was in Cleveland and he was on deck when the game ended and that's one of those ones where you just think man that's that's a missed opportunity so it's not the you know probably everyone everyone listening here would be familiar with the idea that lineup construction isn't going to totally transform your offense or anything but it it can nudge you forward a little bit and so yeah I I think that I think that Vladdy second I like Springer lead off it seems to work um for for Springer, seems to work for the team, Bo and Tay Oscar in some order, and then, you know, yeah, it's it's clearly Lourdes has kind of played himself out of that fifth spot for now, so it's almost like whoever, whatever the matchup says, you know, and, and Espinal, the way he's been hitting is almost like you throw him in there.
0: It's really true, yeah, uh, which which is weird because he's, you know, obviously not a power guy, he's more of a, he's more of maybe a lead leadoff hitter type if he was you know, on a team that didn't have George Springer, who also, you know, uh, I don't, nobody's worried about Springer, but there have been some ugly at bats from him, I think, as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, this whole team really, and I think it gets <laughs> yeah. it gets magnified when you know you're you're not scoring, especially you're not scoring with runners in scoring position. Um, you know, they're making mistakes on the bases. It's been, yeah. I mean, for a team that's in playoff position, which you know they they still are as we record this, like. It's, uh, it doesn't, they really haven't played to their potential. They really, there's so many ways that they haven't. And again, I I do think that better things are ahead. I think the first couple of weeks, the first few weeks that we saw is probably more representative of what this team is capable of over the course of a a long season. Um, And of course, there's, there are going to be stretches like this for any team. But yeah, right now from really up and down the lineup, you know, you're, you're going to find, uh, you know, some, some causes for, you know, if not concern, then you know you're you're at least you're at least looking at the group and saying they're they're underperforming collectively
0: yeah definitely and now you mentioned you mentioned some of the sloppiness on the base paths there and there there have been some uh, that's happened more often than than you can allow when you're you know just struggling like you say so much to score runs um is that is that a concern or is that just sort of a blip or is that you know um Uh, you know the like a product of of the slump also like i remember this is going back a bit but like like Bo like Bo not advancing on the on a a ball that got by the catcher just because he wasn't looking you know like little things like that have been happening a
1: little more often than than i think you'd like
0: to see even if it's like miles ahead of where they were in 2019
1: yeah i i do think it's a a bit of a concern and i understand it's not as though Every uh, player is getting picked off, and right. you know, it's, it's not I as though it's said. Like, I
0: think Charlie said that last night. Right? Yes, so-
1: he did. He did, and but he did acknowledge. He did acknowledge, like this was, this is something of a concern. And so, what they have to do is go to those individual guys who are who are getting picked off, because it's just like I don't know. I I, I find like it, it. I find it honestly like disproportionately frustrating to watch like i just think (laughs) like you guys are just giving these outs away why are you doing this like it just doesn't make sense um and i know of course like that pickoff last night um it was it was perfect it was absolutely perfectly executed by the mariners but at the same time like you're giving away these outs it's just like you're you don't you're not hitting well enough that you can get get by on 26 outs on 25 outs in a game
0: no, it's true. It's true. And even, like, you literally could just name everybody in the lineup is what I'm thinking about doing. You know, like, yeah, Gurriel, that, that Guriel is, is confounding, but that is, he's sort of, you know, he's obviously not in Vlad's class, but he's a guy who, you know, we've seen had the extreme hot and extreme cold streaks. So you'd like to see him get through it. You know, Bichette is now hitting well, I think. Um, and I do come back to the Vlad thing a little bit because even, you know, it's like he's the guy... You know, all these guys, you know, Guriel can carry you for a couple of weeks, Teoska can carry you for a couple of weeks, Bill Bo can do that, Springer can do that, maybe well Springer, you know, maybe better than that, even more so than that. But like Vlad is a guy you kind of expect day in and day out. And that's that uh, I do feel and somebody just tweeted this at me like right before we went on. It was just like, you know, I think the once Vlad gets it together, like the collective will probably start to, to see better results as well.
1: Yeah, and it's such an interesting kind of chicken and egg question too, because I almost wonder, and, and you know, I know Vladdy took that basis loaded walk, and so you know that's that's a good sign. That's what they want to see from him. If they're not coming coming after him, if it's not where he can really hit the ball hard and barrel it up, then then take that walk, and that's that's a great. You're still scoring a run. That's that's yeah. awesome. But you know, it, it's still there. There have been times this year, especially early in the season, where pitchers were just so scared of him, and they were just not attacking him in the strike zone, and so he would then end up uh, chasing. And so you don't want him doing that. And so I almost wonder if there's there's going to be a point where if Lourdes does get really hot and, you know, Tapia starts hitting two doubles a game and, and Kirk starts going off for a few more home runs and that the whole lineup is coming together and Vladdy doesn't feel as much pressure, then maybe he gets back to being a bit more disciplined and maybe he's not feeling as much pressure to to produce every time because, you know, as much as, He's, he's kind of a, a young veteran in this league. He's still just 23. You know, Bo's still just 24. These guys are still, you know, I'm not saying they can't handle the pressure because they obviously can. And they've they produced and shown that they can deliver in these circumstances. But it's not the easiest thing when you're the you know, one of the few guys who's actually hitting on a lineup that, that really isn't producing.
0: Yeah, I I think that's I think that's a great point. I think that's that's for sure true that it must not be uh you know, it's just it just has been a bit it's just been so dire. Hopefully the Reds are uh are good for what ails them, though uh uh Hunter Green and Manoa is gonna be a very interesting matchup. Uh though, you know, for yeah. the Greens, if you look at Green's ERA, it's not great, but obviously coming off uh, a pretty spectacular performance.
1: I think the um if I'm remembering right, the Reds have a team ERA, and they just—they've been pitching great by their standards recently. So they got the ERA under six. <laughs> um, so, so that should be—I mean, if you don't do some damage against the Reds, then we really have some questions to answer. And you know, I know. Yeah, Hunter Green is last time out. He didn't allow a hit, right? That was in the game that the Reds yeah. lost. Yeah. yeah. So, but then they have uh, for uh, Blue Jays legend, Connor Overton will actually be pitching one of these games. So watch right. out for that.
0: That's yeah, I, you know i I've, i i keep I keep seeing his name pop up, like you know, looking at probable starters and stuff. It's, it's always. It's like, how? Is it, wait, what? Connor Overton, really? Like, was, he was like the 26th guy for like a few weeks or something like that, or whatever it was. And then you're like, oh, it's the Reds. Right, 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 right. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> did you make much of the. I mean, Joey Votto, I think they were, uh, uh, had a, a, a scrum or had a Zoom call yesterday about. Uh, about coming back to Toronto. It sounds like he's going to come back to Toronto. He sort of had some, uh, the, the, the relationship has seemed frosty, I think between him and me, not the city, but more the fans, but like the organization for, uh, for quite some time, you know, dating back to like the Richardi days where they didn't really pay him any mind, you know, scouting wise going into the draft and, and uh, even though he was right there in their backyard. Um, but it sounded to me, maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong. You would know better than I, but it sounded to me like he was a little more positive about it. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, Wistful, I guess, about about the prospect of coming and playing in Toronto for what could be the last time.
1: Yeah, I mean let's let's hope it's not. It's um, yeah. it's uh, but I but I think I mean it very well could be. Well,
0: um, yeah, it's I, I mean I guess they'll have it. It'll be either a home or an away series next year, right? When they go to the. Uh, well, you play every team next year, right? So,
1: oh, right,
0: so there is, a, right, there's a, there's, a, there's a coin flip of a chance because I think yeah. he'll be back next year. He's got, you know, he's got 25 million reasons to come back again next year. So,
1: oh, yeah, he'll be playing for the, he'll play, so we'll play against the Jays then. It's just a question of where, but, where, um, yeah. yeah, so I think that, um, so I wasn't on the call, I was, I was, um, uh, at that the field at that point, I think. So uh, I saw some of the stuff trickle through on Twitter as well and um and kind of saw some of those same comments and and it seemed generally kind of positive in tone, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, yeah. yeah. Which is you know, it's I would I think Joy Votto is obviously a really fascinating player in person and I think it'd be really cool if he ended up in Toronto. I think that's kind of the consensus. I'm not exactly going on a sure. limb and saying that, but <laughs> I think uh, I think it'd be awesome. And I, you know, who knows? Like it's almost like uh, you know, sometimes at the very end of someone's career, it's like one of those one of those uh, kind of combinations that you almost forget. Sometimes happens, but I, of course we wouldn't forget it here. But uh, right. you know, like Phil Negro in a Blue Jays uniform, that kind of right. thing. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, where it's just like the very very end.
0: Or, or, or even, well, like Pools coming back to the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, or, or, or Dave Steve, which you know was such a big part of that, uh, the Great Secret Base uh, uh, series that was on. If anybody hasn't seen that yet, uh, uh, definitely, definitely go check that out. The uh, the, the four part series, the Captain Ahab on on Dave Steve was uh, was incredible. Really made the case that he needs to be in the Hall of Fame, and I don't know if he'll get there. But, uh, but I digress. While I, while I'm digressing. Uh, Once again, folks, we got folks out there. Um, Feel free, leave a message in the chat. If you have been, I'm not seeing them, and I apologize for that. But also, queue up. Let's get some calls going. Yeah. Um, We're happy to take your calls. We're happy to to yammer on as well.
1: I don't see any, um, uh, maybe I wouldn't see it in Stoughton, but I don't see any calls. But um, yeah, I think people are hitting us up on Twitter too.
0: Oh, well, good to know. I'll check that out. Uh, While I do, though, um, you know, the starting pitching has been quite good. I mean, Gosman was not uh, as Gosmany as uh, as in some other uh, performances last night. Uh, though a lot of that was that first inning that kind of got got away on for him uh, on him at first, before he uh, he sort of locked it down and allowed just the one run. Takuchi's um, looked really good though too, which has been uh, encouraging because it, it felt, I think, at first like okay this is going to be a project it's going to take a while and then uh we're starting we're starting to see it already i think
1: yeah i think so i mean yeah gosman just so good consistent um you know even and like you said it wasn't great last night but it was fine it was okay yeah. and so you can kind of work with that and then minoa has just been so good i almost wonder like it, like has kikuchi Where does Kikuchi sit in relation to Barrios when it comes to your confidence level in them right now? Yeah,
0: that's uh, that's a tough one. I mean, literally, literally right now, uh, like you need you need a guy for for tomorrow. Uh, I'm probably calling on Kikuchi at this point.
1: Yeah, I think I would too. Which is, I mean, and and if you frame it, it's insane, it's crazy, but oh yeah, it is. And if yeah. you had asked this three weeks ago or six weeks ago, there's no way that would have been the answer. And probably, like, and I say that, like, I say that acknowledging that if if the question is for the entire season, I think he'll be Barrios. His stuff's still there. He's just obviously, he must be, I don't know, he's just a bit off, missing his spots. Or the, the pitch calls just haven't been haven't been the right ones, whatever the case. Um, but right now, Kikuchi just seems to be clicking more.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it, it's remarkable. I mean, I I wrote in the thing this week, you know, just to, like, you know, and it's not all about you know, a pitch isn't just it's vertical and horizontal break and spin and velocity, right? You know, there's angles and there's you know, there's release points and all that, but it is weird to look at like the slider that he's now throwing and the fastball and how similar those numbers are in terms of like the telemetry data or whatever uh, to what Robbie Ray throws and what Robbie Ray threw last year and and. Uh, uh, that's a I mean, well. We could talk about Robbie Ray and not showing up, which was kind of weird too. But that, yeah. that's that's a guy. That's a guy you want to. You know, that's a, that's a Cy Young winner, which is which is what clearly what the Jays saw when they uh, when they you know made a pretty major investment in it.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, thirty six over three, and I think at this point, like, if you could undo that deal, like, I I don't think the Jays would undo it. I think they'd be pretty no. happy with it. And for all yeah. of the man, like there's been a lot of hand-wringing over Kikuchi, and I think understandably, but he's still like, he still has a three three eight ERA. <laughs> like it's not <laughs> like he's been, and, and I, I know his FIPS is higher, and I know he's walked too many guys, but yeah, like he's, he's putting together a solid year. He's doing what they want, more or less, especially lately. And so I think there's a lot of reason to be confident with that.
0: Yeah, it's almost like if the Bats had been hitting, you know, for the last few weeks, uh, they'd be where the Yankees are at this point. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. alas, we do have a, com- a question in the chat from uh, Fasano Stash, Sal- a little Sal Fasano reference. Uh, can never go wrong there. Uh, yes, uh, it seemed at time that the Ups are widening the strike zone against the Jays, uh, but it was port- it pointed out on some ran- random Sportsnet <laughs> podcast, I don't know which one he could possibly be referring to, uh, that the Jays are swinging outside the zone more than most teams. Are some Jays hitters chasing more than expected because umps seem to have wider zones this year or are the umps widening the zone uh because the hitters have been expanding it with their swings
1: well very interesting very interesting if um (laughs) if that random Sportsnet podcast is out the letters then thanks for listening um then um yeah I mean I, I don't that's a it's a good question it's a really good question I think I think that the strike zone umpire to umpire is pretty consistent because the umpires are evaluated based on how consistent it can be. And so it's never perfect. It's not a robo zone, but it's pretty consistent. I, I, I think mostly that's on the hitters. I think mostly that is their decisions. That is them. I don't know if you see it differently, Stoughton, but to me, it's like, that's the, that's the hitters decisions to, to kind of expand for the most part.
0: Yeah, I I would say so, and I think you're right. Yeah, the the you know it's each ump has his own zone, and it's it's when it's inconsistent that it's really frustrating. You know, if it's like if a guy if a guy is calling a borderline pitch a ball all night, then that's okay. Uh, it's when it's it's when it's a ball one time and a strike the next yeah. time that it's that it's really really frustrating. Interesting though uh, to hear. I, I I obviously didn't hear it because I'm not going to listen to Joe West's podcast. But uh, but he was like he was talking about. Uh, was it Angel? Uh, I, I think uh, Angel Hernandez had a terrible game. Uh, the uh, yeah, the, Ra- the Red Sox and then West was like, oh no, it would have graded out like ninety four percent or something like that. I know I a little like a, it's a bit of a peek behind the curtain, uh, though not much of one of how umpire evaluation goes, which is obviously a bit of a big topic, uh, or will be until the robots come and take their jobs, uh, which is happening is happening in the uh, in the Pacific Coast League as we speak.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think. I, I'm pretty open minded to the idea of the Robo strike zone and like I've heard I've heard concern from some people that, you know, and this is this is a pitcher talking, where it's like if you institute the robo zone, then hitters are just it's gonna create an advantage for hitters where it's gonna be like they're gonna understand the zone so perfectly, they're going to just like lock in. Someone like Joey Votto, someone like Vladdy, they're just gonna lock in, they are gonna know exactly what plane equals a strike and what is just a fraction too far and as a ball. But I mean, at the same time, we could probably use more offense in the game. So yeah, I'm okay. Me, with I'm that like, that yeah. might be good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't,
0: I don't hate that at all, frankly. Um, but it it, 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 it takes some of the romanticism out of it. I remember, uh, a friend would say, Oh, it's like you're throwing, you're throwing a ball through an idea. It's a beautiful part of baseball. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And, uh, over the years I've sort of, uh, that, that made me think maybe robots aren't the answer. And this was about 10, 12 years ago. And uh, over the years, that, 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 those notions have been sort of chipped away out of my head because, yeah, I'm ready for the robots personally. Uh, We've got more in the chat here. We've got Sam who asks, I'm feeling a lot like the hype at the start of the season feels like it's really compounded the hitting drought and the vibes around the team. I think that's true perhaps. But not that the hype was unjustified, but I think it's true probably for the fans. I doubt you know, that the team is uh, succumbing to, to – uh, to, to you know the 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 pressures of the hype, but
1: maybe I don't know Ben. What do you think on that? I think that honestly, like I think they were hyping themselves, and <laughs> I think that, and I think why wouldn't they? I mean, they yeah. knew they were good. They like they weren't saying this. I don't I don't know. Maybe I missed it. I don't think they were saying this like out loud, out loud. But the vibe I got was that they thought they were one of the best teams in baseball and that they thought that they could, they could and should be competing for a world series. Like, I, I don't think that like, they weren't walking around being all like, you know, like faux modest or like meek and being like, Oh, maybe we, you know, maybe we'll sneak into a wild card. Like, I, I think they, they believe <laughs> the hype themselves. And I think that, and I, th- and for the first few weeks they lived up to it. And then, and then the vibes, I mean, a hundred percent, Sam, like, there is no doubt the vibes around this team have kind of collapsed. You know, anytime you, they, if they, if they pan to the dugout and take Oscar looks, looks down, then that's, that's when it's a bad sign. Um, so I think it's, I, I think, I think the vibes will come back. Um, I think the hype was real. I think it was, it was definitely there, but I think the players themselves also believed it.
0: Okay. That, that, make that definitely makes some sense. They are, they are a, they are a confident group. I mean, anybody, yeah. uh, <laughs> Anybody who's spoken to Beau Bichette you come away feeling that they felt that there's a confident guy there. Um, we got yes. another from uh, from Jorge Bell's mustache here, uh, who jumped in late. Uh, but as if we noticed that uh, uh, Gabriel Moreno was taken out of the Bison's game, uh, was it because he was hitting the elbow, or has he been traded for Juan Soto? Uh, I, I assume that's uh, that's the latter. He's probably been traded for Soto.
1: I thought they were getting soto for Anthony Kay and Bradley Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe they can throw in uh I don't know, uh Zach Collins to really, really sweeten the deal. Wow. Well,
0: you know, if choice uh, twist my arm, but I guess I could do that one as well.
1: Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I hadn't seen that. I hadn't seen that. That's no, a good um, that's a good question. I presume it's if he was hitting the elbow, I presume that's why. Um but yeah. I had not seen that. So breaking news here on the on the podcast. There
0: you go. There you go. Um and you know, uh, uh Hyunjin Ryu is uh, going to pitch this weekend I believe. Um uh, he was uh pretty decent uh in his return from the aisle. Uh, any thoughts on on what we saw there and what we can expect from him going forward? Are you as terrified uh, Where's your confidence between him and Barrios at the moment? Yeah, wow.
1: Um <laughs> definitely more confident in Barrios at this point. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. yeah, I think with Ryu uh it was a good return. It was um it was definitely a step in the right direction. I think he's he probably needs a few more starts to really uh, reestablish himself and and kind of give uh, give Jay's fans give Jay's personnel more confidence um, when it comes to what he can deliver. I think the one thing that it that it does that's really nice is it bumps Stripling back into that into that bullpen role and it just gives you that extra layer of depth. It means Trent Thornton's in AAA, which isn't, isn't the worst thing. I mean, I think Trent Thornton can handle ma- the major leagues, but you know, it's just, it just pushes everyone down a notch when Ryu is around, and it gives you that extra layer of insurance. So I think it's a good thing that he's healthy. I think you kind of keep running him out there and seeing if he can get the cutter in and the change-up away, and the, you know that's how, he's, how he makes 91 work, really.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's true. And I, I think you're right that the, the uh, he does make it work. Uh, it, it's weird. It's weird, you know, looking at the because people make such a big issue of the velocity. Uh, but so far this year, you know, after that last start, I think his velocity is, is a, a, a tiny bit higher than it was uh, in 2020 when he was, you know, obviously very, very good. Yeah. Um, so you know who I I, I don't know. I, I'm certainly not ready to, to put him ahead of Rios myself, but uh, uh, but we'll see we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. Um, we're coming we're coming towards the end here. I would say um, I, I'm not sure if there's any aspect of anything we've. Uh, I guess I'd like to touch. on. I mean I mentioned the, the Dante Machete thing earlier. Um, you know, you do. Do you get as frustrated as I do with the calls for the the hitting coaches' heads and stuff like that, and and, and all that that goes along, or does that just sort of come with the territory?
1: Oh man, yeah. I I think <laughs> like it's it's so I don't know the really like it's on the hitters. It's on the hitters. Um, yeah. the, you know that's that's how I see it. Now, you know, I I also. I, I get the impression that Dante Bichette is a very well respected individual who um who legitimately in talking in talking to some of the people who who he has coached over the years, they describe him as a really good coach and someone that they respect and someone whose knowledge they respect. So, you know, there's there's no doubt that Dante Bichette brings something real. Now, even if Dante Bichette shows up tomorrow, there's so much that goes into the hitting preparation for for these hitters and like even you know Guillermo Martinez he is only one part of it there's still the assistant hitting coach Hunter Mentz there's still Dave Hudgens who's involved in it you know John Schneider obviously the bench coach Charlie Montoyo you have Ross Atkins you have the front office like this is a whole organizational approach and so I understand like you know Guillermo Martinez never hit a home run in the major leagues so there's so there's not necessarily he doesn't come. He doesn't have that built-in, established trust that we know who he is and we know that he knows what he's doing. But yeah, <laughs> I think uh, that's you know, huge. Yeah, yeah. At, at the same time, though, like he was the hitting coach last year, and the offense was incredible. So, if anything, he's more experienced now, and he's certainly the same guy, you know, day to day. So, I, I don't know. I I have a really hard time pinning this on. Guillermo um I think like yeah I I still I, I I don't I don't mind if someone says Dante Bichette's a good coach because sure I I will b- believe that as well but I I think really it's on the hitters yeah I I tend
0: to I tend to agree <laughs> I tend to very very much agree though uh, the the pedantic side of me was like well they got even better in September when uh when Dante showed back up so true that's that's what, the, that's what that argument would be um you mentioned atkins uh he spoke yesterday i believe uh had a few a few interesting things to say um, uh, what were you did you catch that were you there for atkins
1: yeah yeah i was there um
0: they jump out at, um, at you
1: yeah i mean i, I guess like you know First, you know, kind of going in there thinking, okay, what's the update on the relievers? And it sounds like the the updates there are relatively good for everyone, except for Jordan Romano, because that sounds unpleasant. But um, <laughs> you, know, uh, as, uh, you know, as you uh, know, as as for Tim Mesa, it sounds relatively minor. It's in the forearm, so so great. Okay, so then you kind of look beyond that to some bigger picture things. And I was asking him about the relievers and and the strikeouts, and do they think they have enough? But, you know, the Pearson stuff, too, is always interesting because, of course, you know, Nate Pearson is, he's a really intriguing pitcher still. I think that we can kind of, and I'm guilty of this, too, but we can kind of think of, we can kind of look past him or write him off. And he's still got, you know, five years in this organization before he hits free agency. He still throws upper 90s. He's still proven it works in the major leagues even if this is a reliever, who's a good reliever, that's something. And he's, he's really not close right now. I like, I think if he's back in a month, that's probably good. But, um, but uh, yeah, the Pearson stuff, I, I don't, I don't know what your expectations would be for him this season, but for me, I'm like, I, I'm intrigued, I guess. And I, I think the sure. expectation has to be low, but I'm still intrigued.
0: Yeah, there's a lot there, I mean, especially in a shorter role, I think. I mean, and especially, like, just with the way he looked at the end of last year. You know, he really uh, – so, you know, when, when he kind of has to dial it back a bit as a starter, it's been a little over, uh, underwhelming, but also uh, lots of extenuating circumstances there. I, I, You know, obviously he won't be able to uh, – there's not a rotation spot for him, but uh, but there's certainly innings for him. And, and, uh, and yeah, I, I think – well, like you said, like we said off the top, like – some more swing and miss in that bullpen would be would be very very nice so yeah uh,
1: i mean um he should be a guy
0: who can do that but we've been thinking that for how many years now too
1: well exactly he's not new to this organization (laughs) at this point i mean it's been it's been years but would you if you were the jays like would you would you want him would you stretch him out as a starter like how many pitches are you stretching him out to what's your expectation what's your hope innings wise if you're the jays on pearson
0: yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would have, I mean, if he'd been healthy from the start of the year, I would have thought like 100 would be nice.
1: Um, you know,
0: maybe maybe more than that, maybe get up to 120, but yeah, it I, it really depends on when he comes back, but you know, definitely like he can handle a couple innings. He can handle, you know, certainly once through the order, I would think. Um so two plus innings, you know, every few days, uh that could be really useful, but also he could go in shorter stints. It could it could be, you know, he he could work his way. That's the thing. If they get him into that role, he could work his way into the, uh, being a more integral part of the, the late-inning kind of setup, right, where where it's yeah. like, well, you know, we, here's a guy who throws 100 and misses bats a bit. So, like, why isn't he, why, you know, why would you save him for, like, a bulk roll, uh, which I could see very easily happening, you know, if he comes in his, you know, the best version of himself. So, uh, yeah. that'll be difficult because I think they do still think long-term that they'd like him to start. He's got the repertoire to do it. They've got, you know, the build to do it. The, you know, that that's the thing. And, uh, you know, we're running out of time for that, obviously. But, uh, uh, but yeah, as many innings as they can get him this year, uh, the better chance he has of doing that going forward. So I would think that that's going to ha- be sort of their MO.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, uh, that makes sense. I mean, whether it's one or two or, you know, Two, two, plus, any of that works for this year. And if that, if he comes back, if he's able to give them, you know, whatever it is, like one time through the order or an inning here and there, and he's really good at it, I might just keep him in that. Like I might this spring, two thousand twenty-three, I might just say, you know what, you're in the bullpen. You're just, you're, you're just going to be a really good reliever for us. And you know, that's. I, I think I would be fine with that at that point if I was the Jays. We're, uh,
0: we're, we're about that point <laughs> yeah. on his pro- progression you know yeah I think that's uh, uh, it's a shame to say because obviously you know starters are, are extremely valuable and more valuable but uh, but that would be a great guy to have in your bullpen uh, there's there's no shame in being a great reliever um, <laughs> I, I think we're also at the point where uh, unless anybody else has anything which it doesn't look like uh, we're, we're, going to say, uh, we're going to say that's it, and uh, Ben, thanks so much for joining me on this one uh, thank you everybody who's listening live, and to those who aren't listening live uh, you should get the call-in app and you should uh, download it and, uh, and join us, and you can call us, you know, you didn't get an example of that today, everybody was a bit shy, but we got some good questions in the chat uh, we wish Nick well in uh, recovering from COVID and, uh, and we'll see you next time, but most importantly, uh, thanks Ben appreciate it very much
1: yeah, it's my pleasure, Stoughton. Always good to talk, Chase, with you. Um, good to talk with Nick when he's when he's uh, able to. So our best wishes to Nick and and to everyone here. Thanks for joining. I'll, I'll obviously, uh, yeah, appreciate the uh, appreciate your time today as well.
0: Yeah, I mean everybody knows at the ladders. Everybody knows Sportsnet and your work. I don't think we need to plug it, but there it is. I, I give you a plug as well. <laughs> anyway Perfect. for no reason. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much, that, uh,
1: Ben, and thanks everybody else. Uh, we'll talk to you next time.